How does the Beatles' first appearance on The Ed Sullivan Show, as well as the Rolling Stones' first U.S. performance at the Swing Auditorium in Southern California, relate to the Walkman, the iPod, and music as we know it today? Find out about all this and more on Full Circle Analog, the podcast hosted by Brad Blue, the man who, like many, was there through it all. The first and second British invasion, Bruce Springsteen, Elton John, and so, so many more. As well as sometimes me, Alec Blue his son and fellow lover of music, who comes on to provide a more modern perspective as well as learn about the past. Welcome back to another episode of Full Circle Audio. Today we have with us my good friend George, who is going to talk about many things. He's a very interesting person and has all kinds of experience with music, as we will find out. Good morning. Good morning, Brad. How are you doing? Pretty good, pretty good. Um... Thanks One for thing. inviting me to your program. Sure. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Uh, George and I have talked about music forever, and I'm glad we're getting something down on recording here on tape. I say tape. Listen to me. Um, but anyway, where did your first love of music start? Well, um, I'm, a, I'm a baby boomer, which means I'm a child of the 60s. I grew up in Southern California around all this music that was going in the 60s. Um, I would say probably a big influence was the Beach Boys, uh, being local, beach-driven and all that stuff. And then, of course, the Beatles. And uh, as I uh, moved on in uh, past teenage years, would start going to local concerts at the Forum and Sports Arena. And when I met my wife, she shared the same passion for, for live music. So it's just kind of been that part of my life ever since, you know. And uh, baby boomers have their own channel on Sirius XM, you know, 60s is built for the baby boomers, they say. Right. And so uh, that's kind of where my music is influences have been and mm-hmm. keep me going and enjoying music to this day. I didn't play music in high school. I wasn't in the marching band or anything like that. But... Um, Listening to the AM radio, I, I think early back on, I as a young as a young boy at mm-hmm. home, sitting in my room building model cars, listening to my AM radio, probably KFWB or KRLA, right? One of those stations in LA, and my mom always had the radio on in the house, although it was country. So country was her country her thing. western, you know, because we grew up in El Monte and the old El Monte Legion Stadium. I remember these names like Cliffy Stone and, oh, cool. and uh, not... Molly B and all this stuff. But my mom, there was always music in the background, but my music was in my bedroom. Ah, that's <laughs> interesting. Ours was a similar thing, except my dad was uh, pop tunes. Okay. I would say 50s, uh, between the war and you know me becoming a little kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, the radio was on all the time. I yeah. picked up on that. Sure. My and my dad listened to there was a what we would probably call today a Muzak mm-hmm. station, uh, KJoy. Oh sure, I, I remember hearing that station number. And my dad would walk into the kitchen and start singing. It was an instrumental station, I believe. Hmm. I think it was. And my dad would just start belting out the lyrics. <laughs> and I say belting out, he would just start singing or humming. Yeah. And then he he knew. Even though he never, they, and our parents' generation that was in the war never talked about it, but my dad 
knew all the war tunes, whatever they were. He was in the Navy, uh-huh. limited duty in the Pacific, but never talked about his time of service other than surviving a typhoon. Oh, wow. And a kamikaze or two. Wow. But that was it. Uh, but he was fond of the music, obviously. There was a show called Name That Tune that was on way back. Sure. And I always thought, Dad, you should apply for this show because a song would start and he'd just start if we were having breakfast or we were having dinner. Because like I said, I remember the radio being on. Like, mm-hmm. that you triggered that. Sure. So my da- I know I'm influenced by my dad. Yeah, yeah. And years ago, we ended up singing in church choir together, which was really cool. But I don't want to talk about me here. Um, country Western. How about your your dad? No. Not he, a music? He wasn't a music guy. My it, mom was. It, it, my mom was. But it was weird. My mom and dad were square dancers. Oh. So they were around. That explains his country music thing. Yeah, well, dancing, I, sure. I hate to admit it, but probably even in uh, later <laughs> elementary school, they got... I was into square dancing at the local Grange Hall in Peck Road in El Monte. And, um, but as soon as I got to, uh, which would be seventh and eighth grade at a different school, we started having dances. You know, we called them, they were called 78 dances, seventh and eighth graders. Right. And I guess the, I, I don't remember exactly. I remember the boy sat on one side of the, the, uh, the cafeteria, the multi-purpose cafeteria mm-hmm. with the stage the girls were on the other side. I think the, I don't know if it was a teacher or someone was, was spinning 45s probably. And there would be a boy's choice, a girl's choice, you know, go pick a partner and stuff. Wow. So I think that I, was, then once we started doing that, then that, of course, got people interested in going to the record store. Yeah. You know. We learned about, you know, how to dance a certain dance. Yeah. This yeah. is before the free form. Yeah. I mean, when we danced as teenagers as boomers it was slow dancing which was really great yeah or just do your own thing flail your (laughs) arms or move your hips and whatever it did to you yeah but we all learned we we didn't all learn there i was in a dance competition but it was like what you were talking about it was either a class Mm -hmm. or a i don't remember i just remember i remember the girl's name that was my partner and we won First place in the swing. I still have the trophy. Wow. I don't remember the song it was, yeah. but we we could boogie. But there was a structure. Well, there was the waltz, and there was, you know, all the different categories. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Waltz, swing, whatever they all were. Foxtrot? Probably. Foxtrot or something like that. Yeah, there was a whole bunch yeah. of them. And I even had some sort of box game. It wasn't a game, but it was all about dancing and how to do different dances. You know, but so we all, some of us grew up learning traditional, we'll say, okay. dances. Yeah. And then we were off on rock and roll and pop and, you know, that early. You never looked back. Never probably. looked back. <laughs> and I don't even remember how to dance the swing, to be honest with you. Yeah. I kind of forgot all that. Yeah. Yeah. I remember the waltz. I forgot the do si do from, from, <laughs> from um, you know, square dancing. So that's okay. Were you ever a passionate dancer like your parents? Did no. You? No, I wasn't really. either. No, I mean, I I didn't even dance much in high school. You right. Know? No, I was afraid. You yeah. know, I would go to a couple dances and I don't know. Yeah. It was that kind of thing. Well, that's interesting. The dancing aspect, I'd forgotten. Well, you know, because it ties into the music. You know, you're yeah. hearing music, whatever. And um, yeah. 
So yeah, that, that's kind of a little bit of background about starting <laughs> up anyway. I I know you. Uh, we've talked about the Beach Boys before, and it's interesting. It was the Beach Boys for you. For me, I'm sure it was AM. You mentioned it, AM radio, uh-huh. and uh, KHJ, KRLA, and at some point, Love Me Do or Twist and Shout. I don't remember the whatever the first Beatles song ever aired. Sure. And those are the stations we were listening to. I saw a picture of the real Don Steele on the internet today. And oh, okay. He had to be one of the DJs. Yeah. Was he L.A. or was he New York? I don't uh, remember. Uh, he was out here. He was out here. Yeah, okay. And it had to be him. And I, that's where the connection with the Beatles. And then, of course, the now beyond famous Ed Sullivan appearance sure. in February of 64, end of February. And from there, it was I started singing harmony to the Beatles songs and... It was just Beatles, 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 and then of course everything that came behind that. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was, but um, so your favorite bands over now we're we're kind of into this focusing on sixties into seventies because to me that was it. Yeah, sixties and seventies. Beyond that, somewhere in the seventies it got <clears throat> commercialized. Sure, sure. Where we had the so many five you know three to five songs. Then the five minutes of commercials, mm-hmm. and they were full one-minute commercials back then. Yeah, not these yeah. fifteen-second or less sound bites. They say today the average attention, uh, in a video, uh, on any format is three seconds. What you have three what? seconds to grab someone's attention. Otherwise, they're they're not paying attention. They're, they're either they're... scrolling somewhere else if it's a mobile device, uh-huh. or they've. We still say change the channel or hit the mute. Hit the mute. On the TV, yeah. Take your own. And if you're watching something that's been uh, recorded, you're going fast forward anyway. You have uh, an affinity for uh, one thing that I don't hear a lot of people. You know band names and you know members of bands. Some, yeah. And some, and and even into uh, something we'll get into here in a second. Tribute bands, yes. but. Um, what were your favorite concerts you went to? Oh, I'd have to say, without a doubt, Creedence Clearwater Revival. Oh, you saw Creedence. Now, was yeah. that local, like the Forum or something? Yeah, that was in the Forum. We lived, you know, I lived back over in those days over in Temple City area and uh, okay. Glendora. And uh, that this, wasn't too far a drive. That wasn't too far of a drive. Did you drive or did you go with friends? Not Older brother or something? Typically, it was my wife. And myself and some other, maybe we'd do another couple would go. Oh, so this but, is, you weren't married at this, okay. Yeah, I got married in 70, and they, they kind of kicked off. In, oh, right in, then, that's in, when it took 69, off. 69, pretty much, you know. Yeah. They only played, like, for about four years going strong, you know. They opened, you know, they were at Woodstock in 69, of course. Yeah. They really broke out after that. But, um, yeah, that would I would have to say probably if I had to pick one one rock act from my growing up, because I have all their albums. Yeah. And uh, they... I did too. Uh, they, they've got uh, some real good tribute band that I follow called Fortunate Son that really knocks it out. Um, named after the song. Named after the song. They've been playing there. I, I got to know the lead singer, the John Fogarty. His name is Brad Ford. Um, I've introduced myself to him at a concert in the park, and we just kind of hit it off. And, yeah. Um, for my money... They they knock it out. John Fogerty tours with a band. Never seen it. I've seen him on think on PBS or mm-hmm. maybe on um, Access TV or something. Yeah. But um, 
I would have to say probably that, you know, the Beach Boys. I didn't buy a lot of Beach Boy records, but they're, they, they're such a part of the fabric of those of us that grew up in the 60s. I mean, oh, my goodness. How can you not listen to any Beach Boy song? I mean, it'd be like the Beatles. You know, the catalog is so diverse. Right. And um, right. They um, so that that's the kind of the the short answer to yeah. Creedence, my... Beach Boys. I know you love a lot of bands. Yeah. Uh, but I just was curious to give our our listeners a little cross section of the bands sure. you liked and bands you saw. Yeah. So Creedence. Who else? Well, Creedence. Uh, Beach well, Boys. Well, we would have seen um, like um, this is stuff a lot of people may not know it would have been Strawberry Alarm Clock. Oh my goodness. And a lot of these bands, um, uh, Steppenwolf. Three Dog Night. Oh, my goodness. We I, saw Three Dog know. Night. I mean, we would go and see these bands, and most of them were at the Forum. All at the Forum. Most of all at the Forum or the Sports Arena, Long okay. Beach Arena. Those were the three venues back in the that's late right. 60s and early 70s. That's, a, that's exactly and, right. Um, so a lot of them, you know, you would get three bands on a show. I was going to say, were they all individual or were they part no, of it? No, a lot of times they were like, I remember one. there was one Creedence show at the Forum that had Wilbert Harrison that sang Kansas City. Going to Kansas City, here I come. Mm-hmm. And they had Booker T and the MGs. Oh, my. One See, my now favorites. I found out from this Brad Ford from the tribute band that John Fogarty just was enamored with or just loved Booker T's music with that big Hammond organ. I think it would have been a Hammond organ yeah. and his arrangements and stuff. Because, you know, mm-hmm. if you were into arrangements like guys like Paul McCartney and uh, John Fogarty, the people that did the arranging for the bands a lot. They, they could pick up on stuff the same as Brian Wilson. People talk about his arrangements and right, everything. Right. So um, that's just kind of it's been part of my soul, I guess, for many years. <laughs> and uh, speaking of Brian Wilson, if you don't want me to segue, if I could segue Go ahead. into that. You have a great Brian you know, Wilson um, story. They uh, The Beach Boys did their 50th anniversary tour with with the, the, the members currently then. Mm-hmm. They did a 50 anniversary in 2013. That was their 50th anniversary from starting in 63. And Brian had joined in with with um, the the other band members, you know, Mike Love, that they've had their separate bands doing things. <laughs> so they, And so that kind of prompted Brian to get back out on the road, and he put together an ensemble band. And he started in 2014 with this 12-piece ensemble, um, mm-hmm. which... Um, he went out on tour. We saw his very first show out at Fantasy Springs, wow. in, in uh, out in Indio, and it was. Um, we happened to know one of the band members from a tribute band that plays with him, so we got access directly to Brian Wilson. And if anybody's ever been to Fantasy Springs Casino, it's a multi-purpose building. They have boxing. They put the ring down in the middle so they move things around so everything is kind of like curtained off uh-huh. there's no walls or anything wow. so they curtain off the stage so the backstage is basically back curtain <laughs> and so our Real friend our, our friend proben that plays in the band uh-huh. um he got us uh, backstage passes yes and so we he, he, he found us. We went back behind the uh, curtain, uh-huh. and he says, wait here. <laughs> and he walked out with Brian Wilson on his, on his arm. Oh, my goodness. So it was like the okay. three of us to have access to uh, Brian Wilson. Uh-huh. And Al Jardine came out shortly after that because he's, he's, that's part of the band that he's with. Right. And so um, he's still 
plays with them. He's, yeah, he's still touring with them. Sure, yeah. that's there in... Um, and Blondie Chaplin, which played with on the Beach Boys, the three of them all do the Brian Wilson tour. They're touring right now back in New York. And they'll be out here in September. We'll see them on Sunday, September 1st, out at Fantasy Springs again. Wow. It's a real intimate place. Uh-huh. But just talking about that access to Brian Wilson, that's no longer available. Any kind of meet and greet, you got to pay hundreds of dollars. You go through a little bitty line. Wow. Um, there's yeah. a picture on our mantle of my wife um, standing over Brian with her arm over his shoulder with a big smile. She says, I got Brian Wilson on my mantle. <laughs> so, um, and, and actually, we've seen him and his band uh, about five times. They've come out and toured. Wow. They've been at the Greek Theater, at the Del Mar Fair, uh, uh, the uh, Pacific Amphitheater. You go just about anywhere and everywhere. Yeah, we're we're pretty selective a little bit. Yeah, see, we're out here where we're recording this in the in San Bernardino County, which is eastern Southern California, and a lot of us grew up as we've been talking about uh, in Los Angeles County, yes, which is vast, but as George pointed out, the Forum Sports Arena. And Long Beach Arena were the main concert venues. Anaheim Convention Center. Anaheim Convention Center, too. Um, And uh, we've since moved out to the Inland Empire, as it's known. And uh, it's interesting. There's all the casinos here in Riverside County, which is south of us. And the vast San Bernardino County, where there's more Indian reservations, they got, besides gambling, they've some you know good financial uh reasons to have concerts there host concerts as well sure and you know i i saw george carlin before he died uh at uh not morongo but the one in high above highland san manuel san manuel and he had just uh was healthy enough to perform since he'd had that he had a real bad heart problem yeah um where he i forget what it's called congenital heart failure and that's what killed him Mm -hmm. and he looked very pale and uh, his concert was (laughs) yeah have you ever you know we all have a mental picture we have a favorite george carlin story or a bit uh you laugh out loud just think when you say the name george carlin you start laughing but this concert was tough he came out and he was brutal and he was crass Unlike anything, I mean, you think the seven words you can't say on television, if that's offensive to you, <laughs> that was rated G compared to what we went through that night. In a live show. In a live yeah. show. Yeah. It, it was embarrassing almost. Yeah. And I was like, what is going on with him? And afterwards, down the road, after he toured a bit on this tour, a reporter asked him, well, how come, just was honest with him, said, you're different. You're, you're kind of, and he said, I'm just reflecting society, man. Uh, and I went, you know, I get it, because I've always respected you, and I had to take what you gave us that night and think about it, because there's some honesty you can do in comedy. We're getting sure. a little off music here, but there's some honesty you can do in comedy that you can't do in any other format. And it can be pretty brutal sometimes. Yeah, and it, it was the most brutal stand-up I've ever heard, yeah. and it was kind of disappointing, but I can say I saw George Carlin, and I was like from... 50 feet or less from him and you know i love him 
I mean, he was like a prophet to me. Well, and, and, <laughs> and I, I still have one of his comedy albums in my LP yeah. collection. Oh, that's great. And speaking of, and speaking of comedians, can I share you something? Of course. On, my, on our honeymoon. Oh, because yeah, this is analog, right? So yeah. anything analog is good. Well, uh, <laughs> my wife and I, we'd, we got married uh, August 1st, and we'd gone up the 1970. coast. Okay. 1970, and then we went over to Lake Tahoe and stayed with my aunt and uncle, of all places, on our honeymoon because wow. they had a nice cabin there. Absolutely. And then we left in the middle of the night because we didn't have air conditioning to drive down to Las Vegas. <laughs> so we were down in Vegas, and uh, we uh, bought tickets to see the Red Fox show in the lounge at the Hilton. Red and, Fox, you want to talk about colorful? Yeah, yeah you know. and of course, seeing <laughs> I heard his, he was something else. Yeah, seeing his TV show and stuff, you know. But yeah, and so I remember very clearly that um, I remember talking with guys at work in the my work group that would go to Vegas. I said, "Well, you know, to get a good seat at these lounge shows because they're not reserved seating back then, you you tip." your um, uh, usher or mater d whatever it might be when you're going in and so you do what you do you roll up some ones and you, you wrap a five around it or something so we were right down like either the first or second row and he's looking down you know he could look right up at him this is red fox red fox okay so he was doing some joke about that little lawn jockey that people would have in their lawn. Oh, gosh, I can visualize little, that. Little, yeah, little the ceramic face, thing. Ceramic lawn jockey that, mm -hmm. that would sit up, and he's, I think they'd even have a wire coming out so he could put a light bulb in exactly. it. Exactly. And, um, and uh, my, my grandfather had had one of those. So when he was mentioning that, I elbowed my wife, <laughs> and I said, you remember seeing that at Grandpa's house? And he looked down at us, and he... He was going. He was kind of like laughing. He said, "Look at you two. How long you two have been married?" And, and my wife says, four days." <laughs> oh, and he ran with that. And he said, four <laughs> days. I didn't come out of my hotel room for a week. What are you doing here at my show or something?" Yeah. But he's laughing. And oh. during the rest of the show, he would look down at us and go, <laughs> you know, chuckle at us. You know? Yeah. But oh, that's great. It was just. That's it, hilarious. So and but that was he was always. Did he have a point about those ceramic things? or I don't remember. I just yeah, remember him just, kind of trying to embarrass us. Well, the embarrassed, yeah, I imagine your wife turned about 50 shades <laughs> of red. I would have, too. That's a great story. But, yeah, uh, of course, know. he would have had a lot of, they called it a, a blue show, you know, the, the poor language selection. <laughs> right. I think they called it blue comedy or something. Blue comedy, that's funny. Yeah. For for if we, our younger listeners yeah, so out there. George Carlin to Red Fox and yeah. then. There Red Fox was in Sanford and Son, Sanford and Son, which was yeah. a sitcom. And uh -huh. then uh, what he was talking about, and George was talking about the ceramic jockey. I mean, people have seen, you know, known like there's a guy in a, uh, it's a, a travel website that does commercials on TV, and there's a ceramic guy this yeah. gnome guy who used to be in people's yards and yeah. they use that yeah. as their their avatar their uh -huh. whatever you want to call it their brand uh -huh. they branded with it and yeah. uh now i guess you could even say the flamingo epidemic where ceramic fl or plastic flamingos yeah. suddenly invade someone's yard mm -hmm. i don't know if that's a southern california thing but it's definitely across the country yeah periodically that'll make a news story somewhere yeah where flamingos suddenly yeah. invade 
uh, residence yard. Then you don't hear about it for a while. It's right. really weird how that comes out. Yeah, that's funny. So the the I know, and anyone of a certain age knows exactly what George is talking about yeah. with the the jockey yeah. statue yeah. in the yard. Yeah, lawn I, jockey or something they called it. Totally get that. Yeah. Okay, so we've we've gone from growing up in Almani and moved around. We talked about concerts all around. Uh, and music obviously has been the glue that has held a lot of your good times together sure. because today you're very involved uh, in not only seeing tribute bands, uh, you've seen a wide array. I don't know of anyone who's seen as many tribute bands in as many places as you have and uh, sing the praises of them yeah. and... Uh, I told you I was really apprehensive about doing that, and then and I saw the Fab Four recently, mm-hmm. and you came right, to so. that after you had already been. Now to this is this, this is this is a good way to capsulize George. He was already at a tribute show, which was a dinner. No, it no, was, wasn't it, a dinner. It was a free, free. Uh, summer concert over at Victoria Gardens. This is just recently, like three a few weeks we- ago. Few three weeks, weeks ago, ago, right? They, it was the same night. That the Uptown Ukaipa was doing their Fab Four mm-hmm. show, but because we know the members of this group called Ticket to Ride, great Beatle band, yeah, we've we've seen them around many times. Um, we went over there. I hate to say it because it was pretty much a free show, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it started earlier. So as we came back home that evening, I drove up Ukaipa Boulevard. I could see the lighting and the sound and hear the sound coming from the Ukiper Performing Arts Center called YPAC right. outdoor stage. So I was I, inside. <laughs> you were inside the, the fenced off area because right. it was a paid show. Right. So I went home, dropped my wife off and says, I want to go down and see what's going on because the show is probably going to be over pretty soon. It was close to, you know, uh, 10 mm. o'clock. I think they, yeah. they run to That's about, about, right. about eight to 10 or something. Exactly. So, um, from, from what I could see across the street in front of Sam's liquor store, <laughs> there was a few people out there standing and I wasn't there just to get a free show. I just wanted to, it was a, it was a first kind of outdoor concert there. I peeked inside the admission gate there where there was some staff there. And, mm-hmm. and, um, and you, how did you, how did you feel about the show? Was it, 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 this was the fab four, right? which, uh, I've talked to with other folks these amazing concerts that are at the festivals out that way. Cherry Fest. Yeah, yeah. they get some amazing, I mean, over the years they've gotten mm-hmm. some, and we were talking about the Fab Four. Yeah. They were. They had seen them. Uh, I had reservations, as I've said, about going to see tribute bands. Part of that goes back to going to concerts, I would say, for too long, <laughs> where bands had been around, mm-hmm. they'd peaked, and maybe some had left the band. Sure. Some, in some sadder cases, had died. Yeah. But mainly, someone had left the band. Like, you know, for like Chicago. You know, they had both. Sure. Terry Kath passed away, mm-hmm. tragically. And then Peter Cetera left the left. band. Uh-huh. And I saw Chicago when they were all of them, you know, at the Forum. That was I, the first concert I ever went I to. I, too, saw Chicago at the Forum. Yeah. Did we determine we might have been at the same show? Could because it was like 1972, I, I think. <laughs> as I had my best friend's brother in his VW drive us there. Oh. Because we didn't, my best friend and I didn't have our license yet. Mm-hmm. Plus, you know, 
<laughs> 16, four, 14 years old. Whittier. Okay. Whittier, well, that's close to El Monte where I live. Right. So, so it was yeah. a good hour drive. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but back then it was a different time too. Yeah. One thing that hasn't changed, because my son does this now, is he'll go into clubs. You know, it's rubbed off on him for his generation. He's okay. 21 years old. Uh, he'll go to Denny's. Because Denny's is open 24 hours, and there's one right here in town. Sure. So they'll drive all the way back from, you know, he's been to the Troubadour even. And uh, he, he's gone to places, a lot of old theaters that have either closed. I mean, the old-style theaters, those standalone theaters with the marquee, the fox, the, mm-hmm. uh, the I don't know what you call them. They always seem to be named the fox or something. Yeah. Uh, they've opened those up again. And uh, gamers rent them uh, and fill them. And this, he's gone to concerts on the roof of these theaters where they almost had like a, you know, the, instead of a DJ and dancing, it was the band. Oh, okay. And dancing if you wanted to. Yeah. And just hanging for a couple hours. And then the band just mingles because they're trying to get a name for themselves and getting a recording contract. Sure, sure. I was going to mention to you, Brad, I'd forgotten when we were talking about what kind of music that. Mm-hmm. that I or my wife and I followed. Mm-hmm. And I can't leave her out of the equation, Neil Diamond. Oh. I mean, <laughs> we've probably been to 10 or maybe a dozen Neil Diamond concerts over the years. Wow. Including a Christmas show at the Forum when he had, and then he had uh, other Forum uh, over the years when he'd play like multiple nights. I think he set records every time he went to the Forum. Um, a lot Bob, of people don't know that. Neil Diamond, Neil Sweet Diamond. Caroline, yeah, and all those other things. That's what the, I meant. Thank and, you and for correcting famous, me. And then his famous Hot August Nights live recording at the Greek Theater. Hot August um, Nights. I remember we were probably there for one of those shows. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we last saw him, I think, one of his last concerts before he became ill um, with Parkinson's, I think. Whatever I, don't, I don't know what he's got. because he's, he's got an affliction now that he can't sing anymore. was at the Hollywood Bowl about two years ago. Yeah. Uh, we had, did a, we, a group of us went. Um, I mean, we, went to, we drove to San Jose to see him one time at the HP Pavilion. And, mm-hmm. um, and actually, speaking about tribute bands... There's a yeah. I want to talk a little bit more the, about there, that. The there's band a you've singer seen. named Dean Coley. Okay. His show is called Hot August Nights. He does a Neil Diamond show, and if you closed, we saw him at the Candlelight Pavilion a couple years ago in Claremont. They do a summer series concert, summer concert series with tributes, and if you if you close your eyes, he could be Neil Diamond. Wow. And is so that good? Uh, he's going to be at Temple City Concerts in the Park next Wednesday. Um, coming up this coming Wednesday. Temple City. And so okay. um, we're going to drive over there, meet mm-hmm. my brother that lives in Laverne. It's his birthday the day before, so we're going to have a little late afternoon meal and go over and sit in the park and watch this Neil Diamond concert. And hopefully it's as enjoyable as the first time. This is a year-round thing for you, or is it a well, summer thing? Well, it you know, they, they don't do much in the wintertime. Um, it's just because there's... Because there's so many, all the cities in Southern California, most cities do a summer concert series. You know, Ukaipa just completed theirs last Sunday. Cala Mesa has theirs. Banning is doing theirs right now. But, you know, you go you go towards uh, the west end of the valley, the Rancho Cucamonga and Laverne and San Dimas. And like I said, Temple City, all these cities are doing summer concerts. And a lot of the acts maybe be hit one or two here and there. Yeah, but it's a popular thing for cities to do it. You know, Chino Hills does it. But anyway, well, no, that's what it, I, I. 
and they're they're most of them are weeknights. Um, <laughs> there are some that are Sunday evening, but most of them are a weeknight. And so we, my wife and I, and other friends of ours, uh, we enjoy mm-hmm. going out and not because it's free, but because it's fun entertainment. Just right. We were just two weeks ago at the Redlands Bowl. They had this group called ABBA Revisited. And this group, this Canadian group that does an Abbott show, uh, ABBA show from the 70s, mm-hmm. they had an overflow crowd there. We were told there was ex- estimated to be 8,000 people at the Redlands Bowl. At the Redlands Bowl. And uh, they say that's one of the largest crowds they've ever had. Now, that's and a free... That's a free... Yeah, they take a free will offering, but there's no admission. The Redlands Bowl is in the city of Redlands, obviously, but... To those that don't know this, and they have uh, an amphitheater. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really wonderful looking. It's in the, I would say, a cultural kind of area. They have, uh, isn't the uh, museum with Lincoln's the, stuff? The Lincoln in, Shrine is Lincoln there. Lincoln Shrine the, is the there. The Redlands uh, uh, Library, the yeah. old town uh, building library. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, I have never gone for some reason, but uh, the Redlands Bowl has been a tradition. I don't know how many years out here. So uh, an ABBA tribute band. I mean, your, your tastes are all across the board. Yeah. I mean, I mean I'd mean, i like to think mine are too, but uh, I love it because, you know, there were so many influences back then. It was, you know, it may have started with maybe the Beach Boys lit the spark. Maybe the Beatles lit the spark. Sure. Then the British Invasion and Hermits Hermits and Dave Clark Five and all those that that's really turned me on. And I'm leaving out hundreds of them, it yeah. seems. Yeah. And then the second... British Invasion, which I call the Progressive Age, mm-hmm. which was my favorite. I locked into all those bands from, you know, I won't need to name them all, but uh, we know who the Progressive, now they call it Prague, which music grew like that. Yeah. But um, there's a... All right, that's it for this episode of the podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We started Old Days New Ways to help people take their old audio and video tech and convert it to the digital age. If you're interested in getting that done or you want to keep up to date with all the awesome offers we have because we know that technology can be a daunting experience, you can go ahead and check us out at www.odnws.com. That's our website and our two main tabs are Book Now and Learn How. Learn How is our up-to-date offers on how you can learn modern technology, and Book Now is where you can schedule appointments with us to help get your technology transferred to the modern age. So thanks for listening. Tune in next time.